I just bend over and the hole is just too gaping. They're like, oh, can't even put anything in there. Okay. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Trailer Park Podcast, episode 134. I welcome everyone to the roundtable this evening. We have my cousin and his wife. Uh, we have the love of my life. And we have uh, the intern. The friend that the nobody likes. The love of everyone's life. <laughs> love of no one's life. Um, I... Can I suggest that we put like just a really gruesome, like slow motion splattering sound that like fades out into the background as you and I come in to introduce ourselves? Absolutely. Just to make our incredibly uncomfortable opener <laughs> that much more uh, just offensive. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, we, we definitely need to start pushing the envelope. And then right after that, after the splat, we could do standing ovation. Yeah. Perfect, perfect perfect write that down intern yep record all right do something fuck we have ourselves a winner <laughs> one three nice. four sounds very official it sure does and you know what the one three four energy resonates with the business the business yeah it, yeah, is it a, does it, yeah it does yeah it is balanced realistic and organized its focus is on building things that last a long time and taking care of business and really giving someone the business well, we're gonna we're, care of business. we're gonna be giving the cool billion the business right now, and right. occasionally we'll be giving an intern the business. But that'll be more like it's prison sex style. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I I want it. I dropped the soap already. I'm good to go. <laughs> he just goes in there and just like drops everybody's soap, like oh. <laughs> and everyone just like rolls their Sorry, eyes. boys. <laughs> they all have soap. They all turn away. Oh, from let him. me get that for you. They all turn away from him because if he's not going to fight, then they don't want it. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's too easy. It's gross. Yeah. He's like doing doing like yoga in front of them, bending over very aggressively. I just bend over and the hole is just too gaping. They're like, oh, can't even put anything in there. Okay. Jesus. Okay. Going <laughs> to need a time code on that. That's your opener. <laughs> now, the, the atomic number... Uh, 134 is the atomic number of an element temporarily called untraquadium. Uh, temporarium. Uh, it's also a non-totient, since there's no integer with exactly 134 coprimes below it, and it's also a non-cototient, since there's no integer with 134 integers with common factors below it. Ah, uh, the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I think what we're missing here is that 1 plus 3 equals 4, right? <laughs> so it's an energy that sort of exists in itself oh numerologically important yeah. well, right it it's said it very, it's very momentous i already said i said it's balanced and it's organized clearly it's taking care of business <laughs> that's right it's like the one and the three are basically shaking hands in a business agreement and working overtime and creating something that's greater than some other parts <laughs> excellent work everybody let's uh, move this show along to the round table 
All right. So I don't have anything that I've watched of significance because we've been moving. We've been doing a very serious, uh, serious epic event in our life. So I only want to talk about one thing, and that's a movie that's coming out. But I'll wait until the end. Please, someone take take over. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, I think we'll throw the obvious one out first. We watched the new Suicide Squad. Oh, mm. yeah, me too. That, that was tons of fun. Uh, it's Gunn doing what he does best. It may be a little formulaic almost at this point. Like seeing the Suicide Squad, you see how every movie he's made in the last like 10 years is constructed. And you're like, okay, this is your thing. Well, at least you're really good at it. <laughs> it's totally the best one out of all the DC ones since Nolan's Batman. Oh, 100%. Yeah, unquestionably. Well, I or, guess minus the Joker. But... Or we could just stop ranking everything. Is, and comparing no. everything to itself. Is Nolan's uh, Batman just too sweaty now? Like, are we over it? Nope. Like, not too even many a frat bit. boys have jerked off, mm. and now it's just like covered in this unsavory. Yep. yep. Dark Knight. Oh, Dark Knight. Oh, oh Dark Knight. Oh, Heath Ledger. Oh, posthumous Oscar. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> that that really, is the opening. <laughs> that was the opening. There yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's more that it just feels like it's from a different era, like Keaton's Batman. Yeah, exactly. It just feels like that. that's done. doesn't even feel like it's part of this current universe. Fun note this about Batman. This current universe doesn't feel like this current universe, though. Yeah, DC well, kind of gave okay. up on that, which is fine. Would you, would you all like a fun note on, on Batman right now? The new one? Yeah. No, yeah, I was, Vampire Boy. No, I was reading a, a, a quote uh, from Val Kilmer about playing Batman, and he said that it was incredibly isolating. Because when you're in the suit, uh, you need people to like help you go to the bathroom, and you can't move, and you can't hear people. And he just felt like he was basically just told to follow his blocking, and it was very difficult to do a performance. And he found the experience to be very negative. Oh, that's that's interesting. I mean, that makes sense. Um, and I trust Val Kilmer with my life, so hmm. that, that adds up. He, well, he's he was fine as Batman to me. He never he yeah. never stands out as my favorite or least favorite. He's always like right there in the middle. Right. And he was better than Clooney, so you know. Is he the one that got nipples first? I think Kilmer's did have nipples. <laughs> yeah. Well I, yeah, but I think he's the first one with yeah. with nipples. Yeah. But it's... having watched Batman and Robin recently as well, uh it's it's beyond it, you it, it almost feels like the director is just like smearing his middle finger in your face. <laughs> Because the whole opening sequence, like the first two minutes of Batman and Robin, is like zoom, zoom, crash, nipples, zoom, crash, crotch. Look at this bulging crotch. Oh, it's glistening. Look at Robin's bulging crotch, and then straight into the aspect. Look at the tapes, and you're like, whoa. It's just funny because you you listen to, or I was reading what Kilmer said, and he's he's like, you know, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones came with these like huge, bombastic, prepared performances, and you know, I'm just I'm just there. Like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, and Nolan had the same issues, too, right? When you're Batman, you're like the straight man in a comedy group. Yeah, it's true. But I consider Batman Begins to be the best Batman movie that has ever been made, personally. Yeah, I have to go back and watch them all. But back back to Suicide Squad, uh, great. All the characters are great. They do a lot with a bunch of dumb characters, which is really what I was wanting. Uh, they're token anthropomorphic human animal thing king shark it's hilarious uh and it's just it's just so you, you can just see how much better gun is at doing these large ensemble comedies where everyone gets a moment to shine 
the absurd is brought forward and mentioned frequently so that the movie is funny and keeps you tagging along as a person because it it asks you to encounter some crazy shit. Uh, but yeah, just, just a ton of fun. I watched it so in so many disparate broken pieces because I kept falling asleep and having to watch it while taking care of Daphne that I want to go back and watch it again all the way through just because it was so much fun. And the gore the is like hot, guy. Hot. So great. Yeah, I read about the shark killings and how gruesome they were. And I also wanted to say that, and I, I want to watch it soon, but I wanted to say that would it have been better if Marvel still, like, if, if they hadn't rehired him and then just had to like watch him succeed? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that would have been funnier. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah. have to like eat their cancel culture bullshit and watch him do the same thing that they, that he did with Guardians for DC with their Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. But they, you know. I guess it's equally as funny that they just caved and hired him back. It's true. It's true. They're like, oh, right. At the end of the day, money yeah, rules at all. At the end of the day, we don't really care that much. Yeah. <laughs> our, our principles are pretty flimsy. So yeah. You know what? He was just There's kidding. no principles. He was, he was just making a joke 10 years ago. It's fine. A joke. It's fine. A weird joke, Look, albeit. It, but... Here, I'll level with you. The entire cast said they wouldn't do Guardians 3 if he wasn't involved. That's the truth. Yeah, they love him. And it wasn't and I don't even think it was the fact that it was like what was it, like dead baby jokes or whatever. It wasn't even that. It was that at the time that he got kind of picked out for doing that shit, there was this weird aura floating over all of Hollywood that was like, Why are all of you so into just like flamboyantly talking about pedophilia and fucking babies and killing kids? Like, why are you all into it? That's why it came up as, like, such a thing. It wasn't just, like, one random, like, oh, this guy made a dead baby joke. What a bullshit. It was part of the whole, like, ew, Hollywood, are you guys grosser than we thought? And we already thought you were gross. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exclusive interview with Corey Feldman tonight. Where I belong. It's like I was made for Hollywood. I know. God, you only gotten in there when you were nine or ten years old. Can you identify... (laughs) Intern, can you identify what your time window was that you missed in your life? Uh, I'd say from birth till present. Nice. You know? Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds sounds about right. Yep. Anything else, you guys? You watch anything? Uh, we did watch... Um, we watched two animated series. We watched the the first season of The Great North which I think is on Fox. It must be on Fox because it's the same illustrators as Bob's Burgers. Um, it's very cute. We enjoyed that. Yeah, it's about um, like, I felt like a family like living up in the Canadian wilderness or something. Right? No, it's, they're, they're in Alaska. They're in Alaska. So, oh, but, it's Nick Offerman. Yeah, Nick yeah. Offerman is the, uh, is the patriarch. Um, but it's, it's, really, it's really charming. And it making, has a Bob's Burgers feel, but the family is definitely very different. Are they making um, fun of Canada? Are they, is it discriminatory towards Canadians? No, no. no. <laughs> it takes place technically in Alaska, but it's more just about just I saw all northern frontiers people. I assume are similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we also watched. Well, you just lump us all together. Okay. Well, it's like a lot of plaid, a lot of animals, a lot of axes. Lot of, you know, work boots. Yeah. So much snow. We're gonna we're gonna donate all of your plaid to uh, Goodwill tomorrow. No. And, <laughs> and salmon. There's Bullshit. a lot of fish. <laughs> Get the salmon out of the house now. <laughs> Um, I want cat food with salmon. In one it. of the sons is like constantly coming out as gay, and the rest of the family's like, "We know you've already told us this." <laughs> 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 really, we don't care. 
Hey, that's another Batman factoid. Apparently in the comic books, Robin is exploring his sexuality right now. Right. He came out as officially bi. Did he? And everyone was like, yeah, we don't care. And we thought you were gay for like 60 years. <laughs> yeah, if there was going to be a DC character that was gay, it was you, Robin. He <laughs> used to sleep in the same bed as Batman. The SNL sketch at the ambiguously gay duo <laughs> is based on this, this notion. This principle. And what was the other animated one? Well, you didn't like it as much. I sort of enjoyed it. We watched Housebroken, which is about a bunch of dogs and cats that get together for like therapy sessions. And Lisa Kudrow is the main voice. I found it. It's like it's got the weirdest like energy because a lot of times the like jokes and comedy is very adult like there's a turtle that's like in a sexual relationship with a with a crop shoe oh, yeah. that we have to like deal with but then at the same time it's like about dogs and so they'll make like regular like dog jokes too it's so bizarre <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna last but i liked it it, it, it grew on me the, the episodes further into the season were a lot a lot more solidified mondays are a bitch housebroken all new on mondays did we also talk about solar opposites oh shit solar opposites very good yeah that's a curious show that's made by the same people that make the rick and morty show and it's very apparent when you watch it that that's the case there was supposed to be a spinoff or i guess there may be a spinoff happening from rick and morty about the vindicators Oh shit, that makes sense. Okay. But That'd be funny. I, I, solar I, opposites. I had no idea about solar opposites. Solar opposites is just like a couple of like a group of aliens, like a little unit of like four aliens that like crash land on Earth because their planet was destroyed. And they're just like living their life as aliens, making no attempt to like hide their identities or anything. And it's uh, it's got all the same sort of stylish humor as Rick and Morty and I tried this show like last year and for some reason couldn't get into it and then I watched it again this time and I thought it was fucking hilarious it's, so it's got three seasons very yeah, weird it's yeah. really it's really good and like one of the kids oh god this is my favorite part has so one of the kids is played by the young man from the Goldbergs and so his voice is perfect for this because the the boy alien is like such a sociopath but he has made this like wall installation and he just like randomly, like whenever he gets pissed off at people and random interactions, he just shrinks them down and throws them into this wall. Imagine like, imagine like 40 hamster cages, all unique, like intricately connected. He shrinks people down and throws them in there. And they have this whole society. So you'll have episodes that's just about the people in the wall insane and, and it's like and it's, it's, and it's handled intense. it's handled super seriously like everything is like over the top intense drama political drama like it's as a, like a contrast from the irreverence of the rest of the show oh, y'all cool. have to watch it yeah. y'all have to watch it so good yeah oh. i like that idea let's do that that's okay. it for me all right intern did you watch anything while you were not helping us move uh yep i did okay oh, i'll just uh do a comparison here I watched Wrath of Man and Songbird, mm-hmm. and I was very disappointed in Wrath of Man. I kind of was too. And Songbird was, uh, I was, I watched the whole movie and was like, you know what, that was way better than I thought it was going to be. And I think they're probably about the same 
the same good, but I went in with so low expectations for Songbird that I liked it more than Wrath of Man. That's fucking weird. Yeah, Wrath of Man just didn't didn't have enough oomph in it for how fucking long. Well, it. he tried to do way too much. I was like, give me too a hardcore Statham Revenge film. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it should have just been a less complicated. In uh, future, it it way too complicated. In in future movie reviews, can you please continue to use comparisons where you say something is the same good as something else? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The same good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, it the same the same amount, no, or it was the same, the same good as this. I rated them both the same. Okay. Like this is the same. But clearly, good I enjoyed Songbird more than Wrath of Man, which is fucked up girl. because I thought that was going to be a joke. Yeah, well, it looked like one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what was a good sort of like uh, follow up that I watched after Wrath of Man that made me feel kind of better about that type of movie? Uh, Writers of Justice with Mads Mikkelsen. Oh yeah. That that movie threw me for a loop. I thought I was getting one thing, and then I got something totally different, and then they brought it back to the thing I thought I was getting. I was like, "Holy shit!" I I always have I always have hesitation when I see Mads Mikkelsen because I'm like, "Is it oh is it English or is it Danish?" Oh yeah, well yeah, what is it? I think I think it's Danish actually. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, those are the better movies, the Danish ones. No, but it's it's so funny because he's like he's so jacked up of a character that he's like on this hellbent mission to kill off this entire violent biker gang that did something to him or someone that he loved. I can't remember what was the instigator, but he's, he gets on such a hard ass, like red line high killing these guys off. But then he also has to deal with like his, his teenage daughter and she just brings some dude home and the dude tries to tell him how to raise her and he just like punches him right in the fucking face. Zero questions asked. And just walks away. I was like, oh man. A couple of moments in there where I was like, Bateson would like this. <laughs> oh. Okay, well maybe I'll give it a chance. But since we're putting the women to sleep here, I think I'm going to quickly talk about um, the movie that's coming out that I want to talk about. And I may have talked about it before and I don't care. I'm going to talk about it again. <clears throat> it's called The Guilty. And it's a North American remake of a foreign movie i don't i'm too ignorant to know what country it's from um it stars look at just please appreciate the amount of people coming together here okay it stars jake gyllenhaal hey hey jake hey jake and ethan hawk and bill burr and riley keogh paul dano peter sarsgaard like what a what a fucking cast are there any women are there, in this movie? Are there any women in it? Yeah, Riley Keough. Oh. You know, from uh, What's Zola. What's that? What'd you say, What's man? the Riley? I don't know who's that. Riley is the white girl from Zola. Oh, okay. Okay. And she was also the lead in The Lodge, the movie that we watched, the horror movie trailer we watched, where she's alone with the two kids in the middle of the yeah. snowy wilderness. And she... Uh, so the the synopsis is a demoted police officer assigned to a call dispatch desk. That's Gyllenhaal. You think you can do this shit? Yay! Um, is conflicted when he receives an emergency phone call from a kidnapped woman. It's directed by the director of Training Day, and the screenplay is collaborated and written with Nick Pizzolatto from True Detective, and Ethan Hawke is in it. You know who Denzel Washington is saying 
is saying hey Jake to in training day, don't you? Hey, hey, Jake. That's right. Hey. That's right. right. Jake. He says he's saying it to Ethan Hawk. So <laughs> to have them both in the same movie. I imagine Ethan Hawk's probably the kidnapper and I'm just uh I I'm gonna just jizz about this until it comes out. It's gonna be at the Toronto International Film Festival, so we're gonna get a trailer soon, and you better goddamn believe it's gonna be in a lineup. <laughs> Wait. Okay, I'm very excited for you. I'm so happy that this is in your life, Nathan. Yeah. I just want to say that first before I thank you. Uh, divert to the fa- wait. Hang on. So the Hey Jake that we've been listening to this whole time yeah. is not aligned to Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's Denzel talking to Ethan Hawke. Jake Gyllenhaal has nothing to do with that clip. Nothing. <laughs> I've been listening to that clip for years. It could just as easily have just been a random clip from YouTube of somebody saying Jake to another person. I'm done. <laughs> One, three, four is the end. It's the only uh, there's a new Exorcist trilogy from Blumhouse with Ellen Burstyn returning. Uh, Kingsman director is making a new spy movie with Henry Cavill and Sam Rockwell. Yes. And uh, yes. Yes. Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson just finished filming Black Adam and called it a career definer. Oh, God. Can he die? Like a career killer? Like, like his career's over? It's defining his He's career. He's never going to die. In a negative way. It's just getting started with Black Adam. Who gives a shit? Let's oh talk about the other one. Let's unpack this hate that you have, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it seems like too much. Yeah, yeah, it does. Listen, I've been breathing in ash and smoke for four days in a row. Oh. Oh. So that means you're racist and you hate. And, um, and I hate people, the rock. People of color. So what you're saying? I, the fire started and you didn't help. He's not a person of color. <laughs> yeah, he's Samoan. He's, he's barely Samoan. I. He's uh, one muscle. He's just, oh, man. This wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. Intern, I'm not going to take your side here, but I am going to say that I need a rock break. I'm yeah, he needs to stop. Wrong. It, look, I, I like The Rock, but I can understand why you don't like him. I get I get it. I, he's not he's nothing to write home about. But the one thing that he is, is he's the type of movie star that gets butts in the seat at the theater. Mm. And if anybody's going to save the damn theaters... It's The Rock putting out crappy blockbusters. There so, you, you know, <laughs> let's appreciate yeah. him for what he is. <laughs> Although I haven't seen the numbers on Jungle Cruise yet. It had a good opening weekend, but I think like everything else, it's, you know, sharp and steady to climb um, weekend over weekend. I was told by someone that um, you might be watching Jungle Cruise. I I was. I flaked. <laughs> Baked on it just because i was you know doing other things that's fine and in this modern era this sort of pandemic industry destroyed era do we have to like completely adjust our numbers down by like a factor of 10 now so if yes. we see a movie yeah. like opening weekend of like 30 million is that the new like holy shit maybe. yeah that's huge yeah. maybe you know what's fucked though is i'm i'm almost positive dune's gonna be fucked Dune's not going to recover the numbers. Like Dune Two is not going to happen. So I hope that I hope that DV I hope he put that real large letters in that contract that that they had to make the second part. I hope he did that because they're not going to be happy. I don't think when they don't re- immediately recover their two hundred and fifty million or whatever the fuck it is. Well, the contract said that he had 
that he got to make the other one. So I, might, yeah, I hope so. Might be a lawsuit. My, that's my biggest fear is that they make one and they're like, we're just not going to. We can't. Yeah, there might be a lawsuit involved there. <clears throat> I'll have to wait and see. Rapid fire. And speaking of lawsuits. Uh, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney for breach of contract for sending Black Widow to Disney Plus instead of allowing it an exclusive theatrical window. And AMC reached a deal with Warner Brothers, the same company that put their entire 2021 slate to HBO at the same time as theatrical release. AMC reached a deal with Warner Brothers for a 45-day exclusive theatrical window moving forward, or possibly after this 2021 slate. And Shang-Chi not going to Disney Plus and no future projects scheduled for Disney Plus release. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, and yeah, Disney's like super aggressive in their response to Scarlett Johansson. Like, this lawsuit has no merit and every movie's distribution is decided on uh, in its own way and because of its own, uh, you know, uh, content and uh, evaluation you know, of the audience, blah, blah, she- blah. She was a producer in that, so she's totally losing money. Apparently, they don't get any money from streaming. Well, yeah, if she's being undercut, then that's she like has, it's a lot of money. Then she has, then she does have credibility in her lawsuit. But Disney's I'll lawyers, we'll never hear about it. They'll settle with her, but yeah, exactly. And they won't do any more projects with really. her. And they but, won't do any more projects to Disney Plus without putting it in a contract. That's true. That's true. But we were talking, Daniel and I talked about this briefly. I don't know. If last week sometime and uh sort of the irony that's probably the wrong use of the word is though that black widow if we're all being honest it's a piece of shit. is probably the one movie no nobody wanted like yeah. it's an origin story about a character that's already dead in the powers. main storyline but it's not an origin story it takes place like after she's Civil dead War. in the main storyline right like Civil War back. happens and then and then it's this yeah, well, it's a yeah, it is, like it is retro time. Other movies happen, so we'll never see her again, right? Right. Yeah, this was her swan. goodbye. Her swan song, bef- yeah. but it takes place before her death. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. It's like, about it's about the same good as Thor two. I I mean, it's just it, nobody nobody wanted it. No, but but Thor is like a magical god. So even though he's like that Thor two movie was like we do not we do not care about this at all. He's still like a magical god. I know. And Black Widow is boring. Him. She's already dead, and her powers are acrobatic. I just wanted like, to say, same good as something. <laughs> I want to say it same. was the same good as something. Every other Marvel movie, except for Iron Man one, right? That's the same good it is as okay. everything else. You can't go down this road. All uh, right. Yeah, we're not going to rank all twenty-five of them. They're all the same. Yeah. Okay. We didn't talk about the Henry Cavill thing. That's the one I'm interested in. Yeah. What do you want to know? It's a spy movie. We don't know much about it. We know that Henry Cavill and Sam Rockwell are in it, which is enough for me to say, hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, if that's all the information we have, that's fine. If it was those two plus Jake Gyllenhaal, Nathan would be dead right now. <laughs> I'll tell you, you who know else. I'll, g- I'll give you more cast. I can do that. Okay. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Riley Keough. I like that she's sort of thick. Brian Cranston. Catherine oh, O'Hara. Yeah. From Schitt's Creek. John Cena. Samuel L. Jackson. Because he's Can we just stop everything. with the wrestlers? Oh, you were hung up on Cena. Hey. No more wrestlers. You're grumpy. I don't want them anymore. You're grumpy today, Andrew. Yeah, you are. You're very grumpy. Sorry. Jesse's got a good point there. Sorry. I'm so excited for to see movies with 
real actors. I can't wait for them to make some big budget, like awesome movie uh, starring Dwayne Johnson, John Cena, and Bautista. <gasps> Stop it. I like Bautista. <laughs> There's exceptions to every rule. And then, and then, as the long se- as he doesn't talk, it's great. And then they, then the WWE makes like four sequels to that movie with lesser and lesser wrestlers. <laughs> oh god! I mean, and the intern has to watch all of them. Yeah, that's great. Well, if they're in a TPP lineup, I, it'll happen. Like that was that series, The Marine, that like started with Cena and then it had like lesser and lesser. <laughs> There's like six or seven of them. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. And twelve rounds or whatever. Yep. So you'll hear that music coming in. That means it's time for the moratorium, and uh, we're just going to quickly address a few movies that didn't make the cut tonight that I would like all of you to go watch the trailer for because I'm interested in what you think of them. Uh, One of them is called John and the Hole. It's about a little kid that seems to be uh, putting his family into a hole outside of his house. It's got a bit of a horror thing going on there. And uh, Dexter is in it. And uh, and Cop Shop. Gerard Butler. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh frank grillo that guy from frank grillo yeah yeah like it's like frank he's, grillo he's showing up in a lot of things well he's guy. he's like this uh targeted uh there's like a contract out on frank grillo's life and he's in prison and uh Gerard butler gets himself thrown in jail because he's got the contract to try and kill him and then the guy from amc's uh or sorry am i saying that right the the tv station amc i'm gonna get caught up with my theater thing is that the same name is the same company yeah yeah, yeah. It's okay the same. all right uh halt and catch fire there's a guy from halt and catch fire who's like totally in a role that's different for him he's got a contract on him too it's got like a smoke and aces type thing going on and i think it is also the same director as smoking aces so that makes sense <laughs> going back to what he does best <laughs> yeah exactly but anyway both trailers were interesting they just weren't good enough to make the lineup tonight mm-hmm. uh quick quick news and notes as well there's actually a new trailer for Demonic Out, that horror movie that we did with the director of District 9. Oh, yeah. The premise is much cooler than I initially thought, and I recommend checking out the new trailer. It's like oh, yeah. the mother went on a homicidal rampage and is in a coma, but her mind is still active. So all that simulation stuff in the trailer is about the daughter trying to reach out to her mother and find out why she went on a homicidal rampage. Mm. So... I found that to be much I think I should just at least update the cool billion about what the movie's about, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. And sounds uh, cerebral. Yeah, it does sound cerebral. Mm. But uh but that's it. That's it guys. That's all the uh opening nonsense for you tonight. We're just gonna jump into what looks like uh could be. It it could be. What? It, well, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it because at this time point I mean I feel like people may accuse us of having lost credibility in this area there's what? no way this is gonna be it this is it i feel it i think we're it's the gonna... singular authority on this <laughs> <laughs> i i just really think it could be it, it looks like it this could be will be the best indubitably lineup. yeah the best one ever the best lineup ever yeah you know what this is for sure it's what? the best lineup of available coming soon movies yeah that there is up to about october 15th that's right we have before us what could be the greatest lineup that we have ever experienced. You know, I knew that. I knew when I woke up this morning, I knew that this was going to be the best lineup that we've ever had. 
I'm just reading a press release here from Sad Sack Studios right now. It says here that this is the greatest lineup that we have ever had. Before. Okay, now we don't say this very often. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest lineup you will ever witness as a member of this podcast. In the lineup to which all of you shall be bequeathed. And I'm not fucking around this time. This time it is serious. Tonight could be the greatest lineup, pound for pound, best lineup we've ever experienced before on Trailer Park Podcast. Wow! Well, I like a good pound. Uh, Sadzak has has issued a few statements. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Best show ever. Uh, um, <laughs> this lineup will change your life, yeah, and so, you'll punch a baby. And uh, number eighty means harmony. Yeah, your headliner tonight for one three four is called the Last Duel. The last duel. Here we go. There is only one question that matters. Do you swear on your life that what you say is true? My father told me my life would be blessed with good fortune. I'm married. I was a good wife. And then was judged and shamed by my country. I say before all of you, I spoke the truth. A most unspeakable charge has been brought against you. Jacques Legree entered our home. He attacked me. The accusation is false. I am telling the truth. The truth does not matter. There is only the power of men. This should be settled quietly. I am innocent! I request a duel to the death. If you lose, your wife will suffer dire consequences. One of us has lied. Let us let God decide. You do not believe me. I am risking my life for you. You are risking my life so you can save your bride. that you are to be burned alive. I will not be silent. Nathan, will you fight for this movie's honor? Worried or excited? Well, 
Um, let's. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> I mean, there's a giant. Can we amount. go through? The, can you run through the cast for me, Nathan? It's very simple. There's, there is no one in this movie except for blonde Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my points. How do we feel about blonde Affleck? It's all I can see. That's all. I'm just blinded and by it. There's so much hair yeah. because we've also got Mullet Damon. Mullet Damon, yeah. Oh my God, Mullet Damon. Yeah, guys, there's too much to unpack here. I can't take the lead on this. I have to open it up to everybody. <laughs> um, let's let's do this. Okay, so Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. This is the first movie they've written together since Goodwill Hunting. Uh, Who's they, playing the woman? Uh, Jodie Comer. Jody She's Comer. the lead. Riley uh, Nico. The lead of Killing Eve. Okay, okay, okay. She's the okay. assassin Villeneuve in Killing Eve. She's also in Free Guy. Oh, that's okay. That's lead. what I recognized her from. Okay. And she's also going to be, after being in this movie, this is Ridley Scott. And let's talk about Ridley Scott for a quick second. Because we talked recently about how every 10 years or so he, and we're watching baseball right now, so a lot of this is baseball references, but uh, about every 10 years he, he lops one over the fence pretty aggressively. And, uh, you know, every, you know, give or take every 10 years. So last one was the Martian that he, that he put over the fence, we would say. And now he's got three. He's got three back-to-back coming out. And one of them is going to go over the fence, I think. So this last duel is the first one, and then the House of Gucci, and then Kit Bag. I got my money on Kit Bag. <laughs> my uh, money's on Gucci. All three. On, on the Napoleon one. But is the, Adam Driver in both of those? Adam Driver, because of his yeah. performance in this, Ridley Scott casted him in House of Gucci. Oh. And the same thing happened with Jodie Comer. Because of her performance in this, he cast her as Josephine in, in the Napoleon movie in Kit Bag. So, well... They're going to smash it out of the park, those two actors. Yeah, obviously. And Damon looks like he's crushing it. And Affleck looks confident. Like he's there. He looks, yeah. he looks confident. <laughs> he's there. Affleck looks like he blonde. can't let go of his old, his old self. You know, yeah. Matt Damon's leaning into this mullet and this scar. He's yeah. totally unattractive. But Damon can't let go. It's like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck write a script. And Matt Damon gets the lead and then they do it again and uh, matt damon gets the lead actually that's like, a, what that's what's a good going point. on here? that's a good point i got a trivia point here uh so ben affleck was originally supposed to play the role that adam driver is playing <laughs> but because ben affleck had a conflict with uh a movie called deep water that's coming out in january uh he had to step back into a supporting role and they cast adam driver instead how do we feel just generally speaking to the group here, how do we feel about uh, period movies about French people with British accents being used? Super pro. Yeah, pro, pro on that. Okay, we're good on that. That's fine. They're right next to each other. Well, just because you would not want to be hearing a bunch of these the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to watch them well, do that. Because this is my favorite kind of movie. You know, when Nathan shared with me that this may or may not be on the lineup, I was all in from the jump because this is like, hey, does everybody remember that movie First Night with Richard Gere that was so bad but also awesome? Let's <laughs> raise the stakes and maybe make a good movie, but probably still make a bad movie. There's, How there's does a, everybody feel about that? There's a lot of heart. There's a lot of heart in First Night. And Chelsea doesn't understand my fascination with it. I, she judges me pretty hard for liking First Night. I don't even know what that is. That's a Richard really? Gere movie about Lancelot. 
Oh my god. Where Sean Connery's Kim Wilder. Okay, I have I have an issue with this genre. It has to work hard for me to get into it and it has to be It has to be Elizabeth. Surprised me. Elizabeth surprised me. Game of Thrones surprised me. I actually had to watch the first episode separate from Nathan because I made so much fun of it that I couldn't even watch it with him in the room. <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> so what you're saying is you have to watch first night by yourself if i have any shot of enjoying it probably the same with this the love that go what, what is her name what is that leading actress name in first night please oh it's uh, what what uh groundhog day no it's not her no, what's that one with sean connery no, it's, it's it's the girl from legends of the fall oh I another great movie oh so good what is her name oh god intern can you please do anything Pull through just area just one line drive you know just one rbi that's all we want well right. i'm slow and anyway, so the, is my the internet character's name is guinevere and yeah the love is like palpable between like the, the passion it's julia ormond thank you julia there you julia go ormond julia ormond and richard Gere. you can feel it feel it i mean amanda said that she has something going on in her loins over Richard Gere, which is fine. I don't, but I, I still felt that passion. Well, it's just, I think, I think it has to do with the age that I was when movies like First Night and possibly even more importantly, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, that's another one. That's another one she they, doesn't understand. You know, I watched that one. very similar. <laughs> Everybody's dirty. <laughs> it's, you know, the, the fighting for your honor, stealing a kiss and a touch and a whatever in the glade i just <laughs> <laughs> that's another one robin and prince of thieves that that leading actress in that that played marianne or whatever yes. yeah yeah she's in the abyss she's Marianne. in Marianne. i think it goes Marianne, back yeah. to even the fact that robin hood the the disney cartoon fox character was my first crush legitimately my oh yeah crush. i agree with you on that yes. i turned gay at that time Oh and so it God. just sort of made uh, me love all of these movies. So I'm all in for this. Okay. <laughs> Can't turn, wait. Turn gay. What about Maid Marian? Yeah, just yeah. as hot. Yeah. No, no. Robin, Robin Hood, the fox. He was. He She's... was a sexy motherfucker. Well, and Daniel also really liked Clucky. Oh my God. <laughs> the fat, the fat. You're chicken. talking about the cartoons. Okay. All right. Um, I would like sorry. to call the suspect, or sorry, I would like to call the title of this movie into question oh so i was Already thinking that how many last duels are there going to be in this movie because so many <laughs> obviously there's the duel between the two of them the two dudes but then there's the duel with you know the witch who's going to get burned alive she's not a witch or whatever she's not a witch she's just a whore she's just a liar oh the whore the whore who's going to get burned alive right um, do we think adam is guilty uh, i think no that how awesome would it be if she was lying the whole time? And she That's got burned. The movie ends with her burning alive. She's going to burn. <laughs> she's gonna yeah. She's gonna burn. Turns okay. out she's a rapist. Listen, there were, if his, she doesn't this like, burn, this will be a very bad movie. This is, this is from like the 13th century or some shit. So there, there are many historical duels that happened after this. So that is not the last duel. The, the title is wrong. The title. It could be Matt Damon's last duel. <laughs> After doing some research on this, Daniel, 
I would like to say that the name should actually, of this movie, should actually be the last legally sanctioned trial by combat. Because that's, oh. really, that's really what it was. It was the last time that trial by combat was used judicially. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's actually an interesting thing. Yeah. That's make that more too long of a title. And my last tidbit, and the main reason that put me over the edge towards excited, although I may have said excited otherwise, uh, is that in an interview with a cinematographer, he described the movie as having a structure with changing viewpoints and conflicting accounts of what happened. Oh, yeah. so it's going to be like Rashomon. That's exactly the reference they used, <clears throat> and I held that back to see if you would do this. Yes. And you did, that which was, means it you was are so great. a pretentious weirdo. I am such a movie snob, and Kurosawa's the greatest. <sighs> I'm so excited. I've never been more excited in my life. This is the best lineup ever. You did it. Congratulations. I'm sorry, intern, but every time you speak, all I hear is... <laughs> if I could only ask one thing, I just really want Chelsea to get, like, baked by herself with some, like, I don't know, chocolate-covered pretzels hmm. and watch First Night. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It hurts me. You can do it. The whole pace of the movie is no, painful. You can do it. If you were if you were baked, then you'd be just she enveloped. She might pass out. I'm <laughs> well, then hey. For you, Amanda, I'll try. Okay. Thank you. No, yeah, like uh, Chelsea with like this medieval genre is like me with like American frontier dramas. Like that's. That's my like. Okay, Daniel, I want you as a favor to me to get baked, <laughs> and I want you to watch Dances with Wolves. I've seen Dances with Wolves. I want you to watch it again many times <laughs> and appreciate it. It's a long, it's so commitment. long. <laughs> that one at least has some like scalping in it that can carry me through. All right. So Andrew it said takes excited. Takes a while to get there. Andrew said excited. I'm excited. Uh, I know Amanda's excited. And uh, last time that Chelsea was on the podcast, she did a experiment and managed to get away without saying worried or excited oh, i forgot about that yeah you succeeded and tonight you will not oh okay <laughs> are you worried or excited Chelsea? i okay i'm gonna say excited but i'm oh, gonna wait, wait. watch it alone and if they cut one corner if there is one misstep i'm shutting it off and watching the bachelor <laughs> I respect that. Those are some harsh rules. Those are some harsh, harsh terms. And Daniel, clearly, you want to watch some. You may be overly distracted by Blonde Affleck, but you want to see him in action. Uh, not really. Can we get a time? <laughs> I'm, 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 oh yeah, what's the runtime? I'm not excited about this. I mean, I'm sure it'll be pretty good. I may even like it more than I than I think right now. But I'm, I'm not. Excited. I'm worried about this. Okay. All right. <laughs> No, it's two hours and 22 minutes. Oh, Daniel oh. might be right. That's going to be, that's a quick runtime. That's pretty short. <laughs> I mean, next to Dances with Wolves. That's true. Next that's true. That's, that's what made true. me think of it. Yeah. Next to Braveheart, that's a breeze. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Trailer number two tonight, and this is because Marvel will never be given a headliner position ever again because there's too many of them, and it's phase four, and fuck you, Marvel. You'll never be a headliner ever again. In the teeter tonight is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings.
Shang-Chi and the <laughs> Legend of the Ten Rings? That's correct. Here we go. Amanda, Shang-Chi, worried or excited? Okay. I'm very excited about this movie because I love Asians. (laughs) (laughs) I love Asians in every way. Like, it's not just a, it's not just a sexual thing. It's, it's also, I love Aquafina. I think she's very funny and charming and a good time. We actually just watched Raya and the Last Dragon recently. Which mm-hmm. we forgot to, well, we didn't forget to talk about it because it wasn't that good. It was fine. But she's the best part of it. Um, she plays the dragon. Anyway, um, I also was just thinking while I was watching the trailer, and I could be totally wrong, but do many, if any, of the Marvel movies have lots of like hand-to-hand close-up combat? I don't think they do. That's a very interesting comment. Uh, everything That's... that Black Widow's in. Oh, There's a lot of... Uh... <laughs> Now there's a lot of comments about that on the internet that now that they're they're basically saying now that there's some an Asian superhero we're finally going to get some decent fight choreography. Yeah. Yeah, cuz that was awesome um in the trailer. So I think that'll be really good. He is a very good actor or at least he's he's decent from what I've seen in Kim's Convenience. Um and so he's I think he's going to do really well in this. You're I don't for, know his name off hand. You're forgetting the most important part of him. What? He's Canadian. Thank He's from you. Toronto. Thank you. Yes, this is a Canadian uh, headlining this movie as Shang-Chi. That's right. Yes. <clears throat> and it's also the 25th film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Second film of Phase 4. 
the Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed weaponry-based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. Andrew, uh, I know that you've done thorough... Sorry? Aren't the, isn't, isn't it that his dad is, like, evil, actually? He's involved with the evil Ten Rings organization, but I was going to say that in turn because of his advanced research capabilities and his commitment to this podcast. What are the Ten Rings, Andrew? Uh, the Ten Rings are Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon Ball Z. Wow. And, uh, yeah, you know, there are these rings that you put on. There's mm. one ring that rules them all. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's obviously the rings that come down and, like, transport you in and out of the pyramid ship from Stargate. <laughs> well, the answer is that, uh, first of all, there's there's two different things going on here. There's a Ten Rings organization, which is a terrorist organization. They were also They have many different cells. One of those cells was seen in the first Iron Man movie, actually. They're the ones that were uh, attacking Tony Stark or kidnapping him. They have ten cells? There's ten cells? Yeah. Possibly. Um, but the rings themselves are a piece of uh, Macluon alien technology containing the soul of a powerful cosmic warrior. And the Mandarin, uh, Marvel Cinematic villain, uh, obtained and acquired these rings. So the ten rings are actually the Mandarin's rings. And it's a set of ten armbands that are used by Mandarin to provide him a series of mystical powers. Oh, so Shang-Chi's a thief. No, Mandarin's a thief. Shang-Chi is the son of a, you know, what I'm assuming is a leader or a high-up person in the Ten Rings organization. And I think his father probably tries to bring him before the Mandarin. And he's probably like, no, I don't want to be a part of your bullshit. I am a Canadian Asian superhero and I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) That's my basic understanding of this movie. You said it was the second of Phase 4? What's the first? And then where did those Spider-Man movies fit in? I think uh, this first one was probably Black Widow. And are those shows part of Phase 4? Like Loki and WandaVision and the Captain America and and the the, the new Captain America? Uh, no, this is the Loki cinematic. Loki and WandaVision are going to be uh, direct kind of prequels to the next Doctor Strange. Well, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Cinematic being the keyword. Well, then we're, yeah. where's Far From Home? Uh, Far From Home was a part of Phase 3. So post-Endgame phase three that's right i'm so tired so what a what and a no way home comes pocket. out next and that's phase four spider-man oh. okay let's let's when we were excited about all of those movies yeah that's yeah. how i feel yeah it was the culmination of endgame it was such a like colossal achievement that it was like you guys want to keep going at me? yeah <laughs> it was like endgame marvel came at endgame and now they're still fucking me, but I don't want it. And the and it's dick limp. is like half hard. And I'm like, what? You're making a mess. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, friends that slip out every time they pull back. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree with a lot of what you said, Amanda. Oh, but I'm worried. They I, came. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, I mean, I get with, I get with Endgame with Endgame thoughts they, and being worried. <laughs> I just want to clarify with Endgame that they came really hard, like like all yeah. over the place. Like they really built to that. Like it was this huge building thing. Now we are now we are left with cum all over us, and we don't know what to do with ourselves. Oh, yeah. They could give me one sheet of TP at a time. 
clean up the mess. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'd actually rather do this because I don't have another 20-year buildup in me. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I'm worried. After all, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, proud. I'm proud of my Asian-Canadian brethren, but I'm worried. I just want to say that it was a great attempt at being the greatest lineup of all time. <laughs> second movie. Damn it. But uh, it's, it's a Marvel movie. Uh, you didn't have Black Widow in here, and I was much more interested in that than in this. Really? And I'm surprised, I feel actually. like if I'm going to watch people do wire work, I'd rather watch it with no superheroes and just kung fu guys. Okay. Well, isn't he just a kung fu guy? Yeah, basically. Yeah, he is. He's a just kung fu so guy fighting Dragon Ball Z guys. Yeah, he's he's a well trained. And then Disney, Disney world powers that he can like you know tiptoe on tree branches. And well, whatever. I think mm-hmm. I think he he's gonna obtain the ten rings, and I think he's gonna take them from the Mandarin and become an even more powerful superhero with mystical powers, and then he'll have a sequel and you know rise towards the next cosmic villain, I, whatever that is. I really want the Ten Rings to be cock rings, and wow. it just stretches his dick out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> then he fucks Mickey Mouse, and this whole thing is over. God, <sighs> buzzer it. Uh, no, uh, I have not heard worries and excited from everyone. Oh, I opened with an excited. Yeah, man is excited. I'm, I'm tough. Is that a, I don't want to... No, just shit on it. It's fine. No, I don't really have anything. <laughs> shit on our marriage. I don't have anything in particular to shit on this about. I mean, it is. We've already talked that we're all kind of Marvel burnt out, but I don't. I don't. I'm not disinterested in this because it is Marvel. I don't really have like an immediate ugh, reaction to Marvel or anything. I just am just not really all that. Well, I'm. I'm. What, what, what am I talking about? I'm going to go see this with my wife. Excited. There you go. is so limiting and emotionally draining. <laughs> Perfect clip. Um, Chelsea, I'm going to assume that being fucked by a flaccid penis means worried. I said worried. Okay, good. Check yourself. Whoa. Uh, I'm trying to put an oyster in a slot machine. Okay. Um, your fulcrum tonight is a remake of what is potentially the horror movie that is responsible for my hesitation towards horror movies. This is Candyman. Candyman. Here we Candyman. The urban legend is, if you say his name five times while looking in the mirror, he appears in the reflection and kills you. Who would do that? Candyman. 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 Well, we're still alive. <laughs> Let's go. Trina, you broke the door. This isn't funny. I feel.
feel really connected to this neighborhood. Cabrini Green. It was a project. I just moved in around the corner. The old candy factory. I'm an artist. You looking for candy, man? He's the monster. It's part of this neighborhood. Why are you drawn to this? I'm hoping to spread the story all about Candyman. The mirror invites you to summon him. You should say his name. I dare you. Candyman. 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 Don't. Don't say that. Candyman. I brought him back. Candyman isn't real! Something's happening to me. He had a purpose for you. To be another one of his terrible stories. I guess he found me. I am the writing on the wall. The sweet smell of blood. Okay, Daniel, you worried or excited about Candyman? Um, I'm I'm overall excited about the Candyman remake. I don't like this trailer though. This is the first time I've seen this particular trailer, and I I I, I don't like the same name, same name. That's uh, I don't know, it's disappointing. But <clears throat> um, the other trailers for this film are pretty good. I'm I'm curious the. Re- a lot of my excitement for going into seeing this is that one Jordan Peele has been producing pretty well, whether he's directly involved or loosely involved, he seems to have a good eye out for, for these horror projects. So I'm giving it a big benefit of the doubt too, because the original Candyman always kind of sticks in my brain because it's such a bizarro. I mean, it's Clive Barker. So that makes sense. Hellraiser stands out as a weird horror franchise among its Jason and Chucky and Freddy buddies. And Candyman is the same way. So I have a lot of respect for the the material that, that Clive Barker originally has his hands on, just because he knows how to like come in, and and it's funny that they that they would choose this one too to remake because the original Candyman is kind of like a if it, it would fit this era, which is surprising to me that they don't focus on what the main element of kind of what the original Candyman was, which was that there was a deeply it all kind of focused around an interracial love affair. And I'm surprised they didn't focus on that in this like kind of racial woke era. Like that's a big deal. That's a big part of why Candyman became the way he was. And why the the female white female reporter that looks into him, which has been replaced by a, a that black guy in this trailer. So it's curious they didn't take a element that they could have extrapolated on in in a woke fashion from a movie that actually had it available to them when they get so much heat for force injecting that into things. It's very bizarre. I'm actually seeing here, I I should correct on this because the trivia on this movie says that it's actually a direct sequel to the original Candyman and it, it ignores the events of the sequels that followed, but it's actually a direct sequel and that the star uh, leading man of this movie is 
playing a grown-up Anthony McCoy, who was the baby kidnapped and used as bait by Candyman in the original film. Oh, well that's yeah, that's not that's the first I've ever heard that. So that's not been made apparent in any of the trailers, pre- previous trailers or marketing stuff. And I'm also going to take issue with your uh, uh, not very subtle jab at uh, trailer selection. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like difficult. I've been. I didn't want to place blame on trailer selection because these movies have been coming out for so long that they're on their second and third marketing runs, so they have had to recut shit just to yeah. make it new. Well, I thought the Say My Name thing was actually, it's in line with saying the name Candyman in front of the mirror. Yeah, but. yeah I, I, I get it. I, I get it. Um, I'm excited because it's Candyman, and Candyman tends to have some like kind of bizarro horror elements to it in comparison to other stuff, but... I, I need some a little, clarity. A little, I'm a little trepidatious, a little bit, but still excited. I never watched the original Candyman. Is he like stuck in the mirror or does he come out of the mirror? He, comes, he comes out of the mirror or sort of just appears. He like appears behind you. Yeah. Mm. But there okay. is also an element of like maybe sometimes people think they've like conjured him when they're actually like embodying him. What? yeah okay well i used this is this concept is fun because i think everyone as a kid stood in a school bathroom and said some stupid shit into a mirror yeah bloody mary yeah bloody mary is the one i was thinking of so i don't know if i'll ever watch it but i'm kind of excited about it it's a little bit of a throwback it's it seems kind of slasher e and gory i'm not 100 percent convinced with this this side plot with the main character. Um, well, that he's an artist. He's he's bringing up the past with his paintings and his art. Yeah, I don't care. But I like that that lady. They got to find a way in, here. though. I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna say excited. I hope that it's more fun than this trailer makes it look like. <laughs> okay. Jab number two. Uh, <laughs> Amanda, what do you what say you about the candy? Um, I'm excited about it. I remember Candyman being I feel like it's one of those ones that when you're a kid and you go to Blockbuster and it's like Halloween or the day before Halloween or whatever and all the movies are rented, Candyman two is still on the shelf. That's right. So I feel like that's how I've seen it. In fact I'm confident that that's how I've seen the Candyman originals. Um and I like this modern take on it. I actually enjoyed the Destiny's Child, like, Say My Name remix. I thought it had a a good creepy vibe. Um, uh, Crying Wife is crushing it. I don't know who that actress is, but, you know, I'm worried about her. And uh, (laughs) I think it looks I think it looks pretty good. I think it'll be I think it will be well executed, excited. Okay, I'm going to tell you my childhood story. Maybe I've told it before, but. Me and a bunch of the other gents from school, mm-hmm. back in grade school, we went to one of the guys' houses, and that's when I watched Candyman. And I wasn't really big into horror movies as a child. And this guy that hosted the event, he didn't do it to me, he did it to one of the other guys, but he went to the bathroom in the middle of Candyman. And when he came back, he snuck up behind the guy, and he went, Candyman! Behind him. <laughs> really loud and abrasively, and it scared the shit out of everyone in the room. And then I spent the rest, like the remaining half of the movie, where he's shoving his hook into people's assholes and ripping up their spines. Um, just very unsettled from the incident that occurred in the middle of the movie. <laughs> and it sent me home very traumatized. 
And I feel like this is a contributing factor to my hesitation towards horror movies in my life. There was maybe some psychological damage suffered at the hands of Candyman. So I'm concerned. I'm worried. Because I, you know, if I watch this direct sequel or reboot or whatever it is, they may conjure up some of these feelings from the past. Oh my God. This is some legit, like, PTSD. Possibly. You know that you have to dress up as the Candyman and go visit them. I, I actually, I think I want to retract my excited. <laughs> <laughs> You heard the hook and the uh, asshole and the, and the spine. Well, you, you talking about your childhood trauma reminds me that, you know, I kind of have issue with mirrors <laughs> and the dark and that maybe watching this, maybe I'm not an ad- adult enough yet to be able to pee in the middle of the night after I watch this movie. Like It could be a little bit traumatic. So. Oh, yeah. This will totally fuck your mirror <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> mirror thing uh, right up so just, just not worried or because i just pass i'm just gonna pass yeah. just buy some diapers chelsea it's okay and i also want to say that if tony todd does not he's in the cast list so if he does not make an appearance as Candyman, then i'll be incredibly disappointed yeah i'm curious if he's going to just if they're going to cameo him or if they're going to let him just reprise his role well i think what might be happening here is this main guy might be turning into Candyman or some sort of handoff is happening. I don't know. I'm thinking. That's what it, yeah. Which is kind of, which is weird that they scrapped the original sequel, except they, I believe that's like an element of them. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, you know what? Halloween did that and it worked out. So. Oh, yeah. Halloween. Did it work out? Yeah, yes. it did work out. It was the same good as whatever. <laughs> it was not the same good. It was the same good. Oh, we watched that recently, too. It was the same bad as the rest of Okay. Are you worried yeah, about this? Or? Everyone kind of pointed me toward that new Halloween, and I watched it, and I was like, okay. Same same bad or same good? I don't know. It was fine. It wasn't even a horror movie. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Are you worried or excited it, about Candyman, intern? Uh, I don't recall. I know that I've seen the original Candyman, but I don't remember anything about it. And you talking about hooks and assholes got me really excited. <laughs> so... <laughs> I guess I'm excited. Okay, great. That's great. All right, in the totter. Uh, this one is called No Man of God. And just so we're clear real quick on Candyman. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if it's that he stole something from his like slave master or if he like fraternized with maybe some of the ladies in the house. I can't remember, but the slave owners, they take him outside and they chop his hand off. Right. And cover him in honey or something. Yeah, yeah. Right? and that's what the bees. And, that's what, and then all the bees sting him and, and, and kill him. And then he sort of like comes back as a, as a vengeance ghost. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is this? Don't eat. Don't eat with God. No. No. No, no man of God. No man. Yeah. Oh, no, not the bees. Not the bees. Okay. <laughs> no. No man of God. Right. No man of God. No man. Yes. Man. No. No man of God. There you go. Here we go. You think you're smarter than him. You think you're going to be the one that's going to get him to confess. I don't think I'm smarter, sir. I don't think you necessarily have to be smarter. 
This is what's gonna happen. He won't come down. He'll toy with you for a little while. Does your son know what you do? He knows his daddy protects people. He will cat and mouse with you. He will make you think you are getting somewhere. Press record. Let's get this party started. It is February 13th, 1986. This is Agent Bill Hagmeyer. I'm sitting with Theodore. No, Ted. I'm sitting with Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy has 13 hours to live, and he is using those hours to try and buy himself more time. He's ready to talk. He said he's ready to confess to everything, but I only talked to one person. There are families out there looking for answers. The world needs to know why he killed those girls. You're some hotshot young upstart, and I'm your next big case. You're going to be the guy who broke me. There are a lot of myths and misunderstandings about me. What are you going to tell me? Everything. What do you think he wants? You and I will sit down and have the conversation you've wanted this whole time. When you get too close to a guy like this, you could lose your way. Do you think you could kill somebody? I'm an FBI agent. That's not what I'm saying. You can't hold these girls hostage. I'm not playing games. How many did you kill? Let's say 30. Let's say we talk about the real number. 30 is a nice round number. You're getting inside my head. I'm looking for understanding. You think they should kill me, don't you? You think it's my time to die? Frankly, they probably should have done it a long time ago. I'm going to take you somewhere that I've never taken anyone before. I need a moment with Bill. He's my best friend. Chelsea, worried or excited? This is right up my alley. I'm so basic. Shades. Shades of Mindhunter. Which, I'm trying not to compare it to Mindhunter, because Mindhunter is so well done in that, well, the the David Fincher feel just sucks you in. And this probably won't be like that, but the dude playing Bundy seems menacing enough in that subtle way. She looks identical to the actual Ted Bundy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um... I think they have content here. I'm not sure if they're basing any of this off the Bundy tapes from that reporter or if this is how the, who wrote this or what, but it seems, it seems interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm really excited. Plus, Elijah Wood, ever since he got his payday from Lord of the Rings, it's been just like fun and interesting. Even if it's not good, it's always interesting. So. In some of the comments that people made about this trailer, a lot of people were focusing on how much attention they brought to the rings on their hands. Mm. <laughs> they were like pulling focus on the ring on Bundy's hand and the ring on Elijah's hand. And they're all like, oh, the one ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he said, I'm going to take you somewhere I've never taken anyone. I'm like, what's in the box? Mordor. <laughs> oh, that's oh, the ring. I thought you were going to be like, oh, then Shang-Chi bursts in. It's <laughs> <laughs> like eight more rings show up. <sighs> Chelsea's eight, excited. Eight more rings. There's, there's, what? That's nine. They both have one. Oh, because they both have one on. Okay. Plus the one ring, so really it's only seven. Oh yeah, that's better. More. Seven. The box. Oh, 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 my, oh my god. Full circle. <laughs> okay. Uh, can I talk uh, very quickly um, about virtue signaling on the internet? Okay. There seems to be an element of people that are like commenting on this trailer and i think probably other serial killer focused trailers and movies and tv series where they're like this is how they do it they're like i think uh we should stop paying attention and giving so much energy and focus to the serial killer and spend more time and energy on the victims and their families those people are interesting unfortunately that happened in the last 
Ted Bundy movie also. Yeah. That was on TPP. Yeah. The yeah, we, we did that wicked. because because that trailer was so overtly like, look at how fucking awesome he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I saw a comment that I thought was really like a good retort to that virtue signaling, which is, okay, person who is bringing this up, without the aid of the internet, please list off his victims and their names. Right. But the whole point, the reason why people are interested in true crime and interested in serial killers, killers is because they're interested in human nature and they're yeah. interested in why. Yeah. Well, that's the main, that's the, over, that's, that's the, that's point. the draw. That's the point. But I'm just saying a good retort to the virtue signaling person is to ask them for information about the victims to see if they know anything, if they know anything. But if they stop making movies about serial killers, how am I going to do my research? How is this intern going to masturbate? <laughs> But I would never get off. Yeah, if this, if this movie doesn't result in Elijah Wood's character deciding to stalk and murder a woman, then I am out. <laughs> His protege. It looks, it, it looks like it's pretty straightforward, which is kind of why, I don't know, I'm kind of sad to say that I'm not that excited. And it's really just because I just, I feel like I know everything about Ted Bundy. Yeah. But... Daniel, it's from the makers of Mandy and Out of Space. You know who I that know. is? You know who that is that they're referring to when they say that? No. Elijah Wood. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Elijah Wood's production company. Yeah. So I, yeah, I have, I have mad respect for Elijah Wood. Uh, I also love his post Lord of the Rings uh, entertaining career choices. And you know I have mad respect for hair actors. Uh, which, Elijah, which Elijah has become very prominent. Yeah, you, you look through his last few films, he's got some killer haircuts. He's got some great hair in this movie. Great hair, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's strictly just because I'm just I'm just bored. I'm just bored yeah, with Bundy. That's fair. There was a there was one comment though. Somebody said that I was reading that said, "Oh, good, some material we've never seen before." This is about what he said when he was on Death Row, and I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know what the Bundy tapes are. Is that? Well, that's what the Bundy tapes are. They're death row stuff. Is well, that then the one we watched, Daniel? Did we watch the, the Bundy tapes? Yeah, I think we no, watched. We, we watched something, and then then there's also last podcast on the left. Has extensively gone over all that stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Is everybody uh, safe to say that uh, I'm excited? Chelsea's excited. Yes. Amanda. I'm excited. I trust I Elijah trust. Wood with my yes. life. <laughs> A lot of actors in the rest of your life. There are too <laughs> many, honestly. Well, and then Daniel's worried. And uh, in turn, what's, what, what is your position here on the... Uh... Uh, all these serial killers just have me coming back for more. Okay. Excited. All right. Yeah, that's C-U-M-M-I. Yeah. 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 Come to daddy. Come to daddy. Come to daddy. Okay. Uh, in the five hole tonight... We save the best for last. Uh, this is called the Prisoners of Ghostland. Of the Ghostland. Oh, sorry. Prisoners of the Ghostland. Prisoners of the Ghostland. Here we go. My granddaughter has been lost to us. 
I would have her return to me post-haste. And you, sir, I am told, are the man to do the job. Each arm is equipped with an explosive device. Your trousers are also equipped with explosives. <laughs> really? Just beyond the point where we now stand lies a highway where evil reigns. What is this? At the end of five days, if you have not returned with Benice, well, I think you get the idea, son. Godspeed. This is the ghost land, a land of no escape. We are not the ones who hold her captive. It's been two days, and still she is missing. How do I get out of here? You must surrender to fate. escapes the ghost land. No one! Intern, worried or excited? I just want to say that uh, this had the best quoting persuasion quote Yes. Of any film we've ever had on TVP. There was quite a few of them. Which one are you referring to? Uh, the Nicolas Cage quote. The uh, wildest movie I've ever made? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I've ever made. that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When uh, batshit crazy actor says that this is the wildest thing that he's ever made, uh, the expectations are through the roof right now. Well, it delivers uh, It delivers on its orgiastic promise. And it's back-to-back -back trailers from the same people that brought us Mandy and Colorado Space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's actually a combo then, of XYZ Films and um, Elijah Wood's company, which is called Company X. Perfect. Yeah. I am also a fan of uh, the Asian content here. Hmm. Yeah, there there should be good fight choreography. We've, uh, we've established. Sure, that. there's uh, some sword fights. It's looking good. I'm uh, I'm into this. But it also has I'm this western thing going on. Yes. Yeah. It also looks like Border That's Down from Mad Max. So you're a liar. Acceptable. Or it doesn't look like they're getting into ridiculous vehicles and driving someplace so they can drive back to the same Actually, place. I think that he is because he's going into the ghost land to rescue someone oh, and then coming shit. back. That's true. Chelsea. <laughs> yep. Don't ruin this okay, for me. Right. Yeah, what's, what's <laughs> that, yeah. Set, right, he's got bombs on his balls. Set in the treacherous frontier city of Samurai Town where a ruthless bank robber is sprung from jail by a wealthy warlord, the governor, whose adopted granddaughter, Bernice, has gone missing. The governor offers the prisoner his freedom in exchange for retrieving the runaway. 
Strapped in a leather suit that will self-destruct within three days, the bandit sets off on a journey to find the young woman and his own path to redemption. Yes, the the bomb balls, it's great. Mm-hmm. Everything about it. Even oh. if they go on a trip there and back again, uh, I'm fine. Yeah. The only thing to have for this is excitement. Okay. Mm. Well, it's also a fun little factoid before we toss it off to someone else here. It's uh, Nicolas Cage met his fifth wife during shooting. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Yeah, fifth time's a John. Amanda, what say you about the prisoners? Oh, <laughs> buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> I, you know, I was watching on. this trailer for the second time, and I was like, "What does this movie feel like? What is it?" And it's like, it's like the Bad Batch. I don't know if anybody but me end up actually watching the movie, but it's like that. Plus, meets like Kill Bill, <laughs> but then also Westworld. Yeah, and then Nick Cage. <laughs> Right? And then maybe, possibly, if you're thinking about it, Blade Runner. I like all those things. So it's a it's a really good recipe. <laughs> I'm excited. And Mad Max Three Beyond Thunderdome. Yes, that too. Oh fuck! That's the best one. It's the only one that's good. Master Blaster. Not good. Acceptable. Master Blaster. <laughs> Captain Walker. Yeah. Um, the director had a heart attack. First, first time he's made an English language film. He's made tons of Japanese films, but he had a heart attack, and they had to delay production for a year. And Cage moved the production of the movie. Uh, I think it's from New Mexico to Japan, and they had to recast a couple of roles because people dropped out because it was moved to Japan to accommodate the director. Did he have a heart attack during one of Nick Cage's scenes? <laughs> It's like, I am radioactive. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone, I don't, I don't know how you cannot be excited about this. This is clearly uh, a cinematic, uh, a momentous cinematic. An occasion. event. Yeah, it's an orgiastic gonzo experience. Right, yeah. And hold the F on. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to say excited and I'm going to toss it to Daniel. Did we already get Chelsea on this? Oh, shit. Let's let's go to Chelsea then Daniel so that Daniel can sew I'm it never, up. I'm never never gonna watch this. Not ever. <laughs> <laughs> not even once. Not even no. Not even. Not even part of it. Well, not even like walking into the living room halfway through and then like turning around and coming back. No. But no. we're gonna be doing a movie marathon of all Nicholas Cage of, back to back to back. Why doesn't so, Nicholas Cage get the due that he deserves? Like Academy Award winner Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. They should say that every time his name is on. Yeah, the I want to. I want to watch. Here's what I want to watch. I want to watch Pig, and then I want to rewatch Knowing, and then I want to watch this. Those would be the three. Okay, I'll see. You uh, just later. so you're aware, uh, the yeah. director, yeah. uh, Sion Sono, also made a movie called Teachers of Sexual Play, oh. modeling vessels with the female body. That's the full what? title. So, That's all. That whole thing's the title. Yeah. Yeah. I just can you guys explain to me like what what do I need to do to enjoy these movies? Like what is it about <laughs> Nicolas Cage that just makes all of you guys excited? Uh, Usually it's him just being like a big freaky weirdo and like over <laughs> overacting the shit out of everything. But in this case, with these like Mandy and Colorado Space people, yeah, they provide like they go out of their way to make their own like universe. So like this is like a post apocalyptic dystopian 
mix civilization, you know, East meets West. Yeah. So they've created all of this like bombastic and bizarro lore uh, and then uh, provided a playground for Nick Cage to run around doing his overacting in. And that's that's where all the excitement comes from. And then it's because they're they just also happen to be really good cinematographers as well. So if you like think Mandy is too much of a psychedelic slog, you have to at least admit that like almost every scene is beautiful. We haven't seen Mandy yet and set up well and, and the color out of space for low budget Lovecraftian sci-fi. Some of those visuals are like really palpitating and, and, and awesome. That and so these the guys one. have a way of doing the kooky, but it being quality. That should be the third one, Mandy. We haven't watched that one yet. Somehow, I actually feel like this movie is more linear than some of the Nicolas Cage movies you've made me watch in the past. <laughs> it probably definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> I think what makes me laugh about Nick Cage is that when he's doing his like horrible overacting ridiculousness mm-hmm. that he's famous for, what I'm laughing at is usually not what he's doing so much as like he made this choice. Somebody filmed it. They put it in a movie and they sold it to me. And they keep selling it. And they keep doing it. And it's like, <laughs> who's keep... winning and losing here? And I'm just in this loop like a hamster and I can't stop. <laughs> and I'm going to give you, Chelsea, I'm going to give you three reasons why you should love Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Bring it on. Hey, buddy. Ever heard of a lie? Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beat until you pissed blood? <laughs> What's in the bag? A shark or something? Splash! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Nick Cage is like he's he's managed to do this thing that's just like totally amazes me, which is that he because you know there's lots of Bruce Willis's out there that used to have huge careers and now they just make like seven or eight straight to streaming piece of shit movies, but they also seem to like hold a grudge against Hollywood and actors in general and just seem to hate life, and so they like have their career has gone that way because of that attitude. Nick Cage is someone who like got actual legitimate acting accolades. And then even now post bizarro career, like no longer an Academy award winner, he still manages to do all of that straight to streaming sort of insane garbage, but then have such a huge cult appreciation on the internet that he can at any moment be pulled away into something that's a triple A blockbuster or yep. an Academy Award winning drama. I can't but he's believe. still viable for all the legitimate shit while also making a name for himself as the go to kooky B movie bullshit schlock. <laughs> like I can't believe that he hasn't been received a call for the Furious franchise yet. I really can't. And yeah. he's a, he's about to break through. It's so impressive. He's about to break through and come out clean on the other side. Because the next movie that we're probably going to be doing on TPP for Nicolas Cage is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is a movie about Nicolas Cage being <laughs> Nicolas Cage. It's like being John Malkovich. Right. Except oh it's God, like yeah, a party. being himself. Yeah. It's like some, some rich guy. <laughs> I think uh, it's played by, oh, what's his nuts? The Mandalorian guy. The guy that we love. Pedro Pascal. Oh. Pedro Pascal is like this rich guy that wants to have a party and pays Nicolas Cage to be there, but it also has this like whole like espionage subtext, like mm-hmm. CIA thing or something. I don't know. The point is, is that it's going to be a mainstream movie about Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage, and he's breaking through to the other side, and it's fucking weird that this is all coming full circle. And it's all at the same time, right? Like, this, yeah. p- it pig this, and it doesn't yeah. have a third movie all coming out in the same year? 
I think that's unbearable oh, weight. Was so, always, the, he, the one, the Wonderland, Willy Wonderland. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh, he always has three movies coming out every year. I think, I think he may not want to do big budget movies anymore because he recently was quoted saying that if he was asked, you know, he said that if he was going to do another Disney movie now, that it would be terrifying. <laughs> it would so be terrible or terrifying. Terrifying. Like if he was asked to do National Treasure three, it would be terrifying to work with Disney again. Oh, because they're so restrictive. Well, yeah, because he's done all this stuff where he's basically celebrated and included in these very strange, bizarro projects that he probably gets a lot of satisfaction from. And then to go back into this big budget, heavily produced environment might be too overwhelming. Well, and there are huge time constraints. Like he can make all of these weirdo movies in like a couple weeks and he can do a bunch of them. You get stuck on Disney for like nine months. months. Yeah, right. Yeah, locks up your schedule and with your well, it's availability more than that too because you do the nine months for the one movie but then you got to do the five other ones that come after it all oh, right and yeah. like and like the six months of marketing oh yeah the, yeah the press tour bullshit yeah i bet that that's probably a big part of it do you know what i would take though i mean do you know what i think the internet could actually make happen with their with their power of manifestation is a nick cage brendan frazier uh mummy um national treasure national treasure crossover yeah <laughs> Or just put both of them in one of the other movies. Uh, that's fine, too. But yeah, major excited for this, of course. That's not it. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> it's mailing it in. Yep. The podcast is really going downhill. No, we took care of business. It's 134. Rapid run. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all over the place. Uh yeah, the oh, new wow. one has like an extra oh, silver. That, that one with Daniel in there is really throwing me. Daniel's not in any of them. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. Yeah, one of those is Daniel. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> not. No, it's not. It's all you. No, it's not. Okay, three that's... of the four of those is me. There's only three. No, well, Daniel does a lead in on one of them. Here, Chelsea, confirm. There's Alien, Alien 2, Alien 3. Alien 1. Old school. We all find that familiar. Alien 2. Yeah. Clearly, that's you. <laughs> Alien 3. That's definitely not Daniel. I don't know what you're talking about. I do remember there was one time Alien when Daniel two. did try it. Weird. Yeah, he did try it. I didn't clip him, though. Well, I don't know. Based on the quality of this podcast and the direction <laughs> it's going. Just like the trailer selection, this is suspect. Since this show was the only thing I had going for me in my life, <laughs> I have decided to kill myself. <laughs> Worries me every time. <laughs> can see the eyes don't match the smile when Nathan plays that one. <laughs> I'm going to be my band. Uh, All right, folks. Oh, that's great. 134, taking care of business. That's right. And you talking about hooks and assholes got me really excited. <laughs> so, 